the Bible. You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Did you know, I'm going to tell you something now that you may not, well, I'm quite sure, I don't even know if you have the potential to grasp what I am about to say. It's mind-boggling, but if you can grasp what I am about to say, this one statement, it can save you a lot of hell on earth. It can save you a lot of confusion about a true relationship with God. In other words, if you don't understand what I'm about to tell you, you'll be chasing dead-end streets in the area of religion. You'll be on the merry-go-round of churchianity, and you'll never really come to a real relationship with God unless you understand what I'm about to say. Now, here it is. Satan the devil is the most deeply religious being you will ever encounter. Yeah, let me repeat that. Satan, the serpent, the devil, however you want to look at that, is the most deeply religious being that you will ever encounter. Now, yes, totally corrupted and perverted, yes, I agree. But he is deeply religious. Now, the unwillingness for religious people to acknowledge this has led to the confusion and deception that we see today in the area of religion. One of the reasons there are so many churches that dot our land, one of the reasons there are so many different doctrines and beliefs and religions out there is because we have failed to understand that Satan is the most deeply, one of the most deeply religious beings you will ever encounter. Now, let's, let's take a look at this verse here. It tells us something that should apply to most religious people. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. It says, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his device, or devices. Now, I have found that most religious people are indeed ignorant of how Satan works. Most religious people would say, okay, God is deeply religious, but Satan is not. Satan is evil. He is scary. They think of the occult. They might think of a Ouija board. They might think of a, a seance, Harry Potter books, uh, horror movies, the exorcists, uh, Halloween, uh, ghosts, cemeteries on a dark night, uh, a snake. Uh, Satan in a red body stocking, you know, with a pitchfork and a little spade beard, and, you know. That, that's the stuff they think about when they think about the devil. They would say, well, okay, now God is deeply religious, but Satan is not. And then they, they chase this diversion, what I call a diversion. All of these areas that I just went through, there's nothing more than a diversion about Satan the devil that keeps them from the awareness that Satan is the most deeply religious being that, that, that you will ever encounter. Most people are chasing the diversions that are out there about the concept of Satan. Well, it's a sin, you know. Uh, I remember one time religious people got on the bandwagon about Harry Potter books, you know, and how evil they were and it's satanic and all that. 
And now I imagine the devil is sort of laughing, thinking, do you really think I'm a magician going, doing, going around doing magical things? You know, children playing with a Ouija board, Satan would probably say, do you really think a board game is the way you're going to get in touch with me? No, that's not what I'm about. Now, am I saying you should play with a Ouija board? Am I saying you should read Harry Potter books? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there, there is a way that we look at Satan that is totally, it's nothing more than a diversion that keeps us from the awareness of what he's really up to. Now, tell me, how do religious people overlook this verse here? 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, yes, Satan has ministers, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Uh, how, do, how do Satan ministers come across? As religious ministers of righteousness. They talk about God. They talk about religion. They talk about Jesus. Yes, this is what your Bible is telling. Satan appears as an angel of light. If Satan ever appears at your bedside, he will look like an angel. And you will say, this has got to be of God. This has got to be. I must be in church. I, this is a deeply religious experience that I am having right now. If Satan ever appears at your bedside, because he's going to appear, this verse says, he appears as an angel of light. Now, you've met people that have said they've had a religious experience. How do you know? How do you know which side of that spirit, whether, you know, there's two religious spirits. Both are deeply religious. There's the spirit of God and then there's the spirit of Satan. But both are deeply religious. How do you know which side the person was on when they say they had a deeply religious experience? Uh, well, one question I might want to ask is, do you have the Holy Spirit of God? Because that's the one thing that can keep you in the awareness of where this spirit is coming from. A diabolical spirit, that is. Another question I might ask is, are you just a novice? You know, many people are. Another question, is this person grounded in the Word of God? This person who's telling me they just had a deeply religious experience. Are you grounded in the Word of God? Do you even know what the Word of God says? Do you have any doctrines? Do you have a belief system? A lot of times you will find these people don't even have a doctrine or belief system. And if they do, it doesn't even come close to the Word of God. You see, the devil plays with insincere Christians all the time. You know, it's like, why not throw them a bone? You know, it's like your dog's digging around the yard, and you, you say, here, here's a bone. Occupy your, your, your time with this bone. Satan throws insincere religious people a bone all the time. You know, people who have encountered Beelzebub the most are people who are just playing church. They're not really sincere. They're just a novice. They don't really care about a true relationship with God. These are the people that have encountered that spirit world the most. That is that diabolical spirit world. I think about the charismatic movement of speaking in tongues. Now, I'm not knocking speaking in tongues. The word tongues mean, means languages. I speak the English tongue. You speak the English tongue. If you're in an English-speaking church and the minister speaks English, there is no need for the gift of tongues. But much of this, what goes on, this gibberish, this giddy gibberish uh, tongues thing that goes on, it's, it's not of God, is what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's another deeply religious spirit being that is motivating that. 
God is not the author of confusion. If you're going to a church and people are speaking in tongues and you can't communicate, you don't know what's going on, the gifts of tongues was given for the very purpose of communicating. The word means languages, the gifts of multiple languages. That's all the word means. But if you're confused, you need to get out of that church. You are in danger of being influenced by a diabolical spirit. Okay. Now listen closely. The choices have never been, from, from Satan's perspective, the choices have never been follow God, follow the devil. In other words, the devil is speaking here and he's saying, follow God or follow me. That's never been the choice. That's never been the option that he has presented. The options that Satan presents are two. Follow God the right way or follow God the wrong way. And what the devil works at is getting us to follow God the wrong way. That's his deception. I want you to follow God, but I want you to follow him the wrong way. Let's take a look at it. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yeah, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Notice this. Has God said... You really got to do what God said. You really got to obey God. The questioning, the issue of obedience is the first thing that we see right here. Has God said, do you really have to do what God says? Do you really have to obey God? And I'm telling you, Christians have been questioning the issue of obedience for 6,000 years. They still don't want to obey God. Okay. Genesis 3 and verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Now notice, not only do you not have to obey God, but you don't have to die. Okay, now this is the foundation for the immortality of the soul. The first lie Satan never told is that you shall not surely die. You have an immortal soul. There's two lies he actually told. One, you don't have to obey God. Two, even if you don't obey God, you're going to live forever. You have an immortal soul. Now it seems to me that Christianity has taken up sides with the devil. You know, God says, you eat of that tree, you're going to die. Satan says, no, you don't have to die. And Christians come along and say, you have an immortal soul that cannot die. It lives forever. Seems like Christians have taken up sides, sides with the devil on this issue. All right, verse 5. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, what, he's, what the devil presented here is a new religion. You know, you can be smarter than God. Man knows best. Okay? Man, man knows best. Again, the choices have never been, follow God, follow the devil. The choices have always been, follow God the right way, follow God the wrong way. Now, with the temptation of Christ, we see three ways the devil gets people to follow God the wrong way. With the, you know, we have this encounter in the garden where the devil, this, the devil is actively involved here, setting up his deception. Then we see in the New Testament, Jesus' encounter with Satan the devil, and he's at work again, and he presents, if we look between the lines, we see three ways Satan gets people to follow God the wrong way with the temptations of Christ. In other words, I want you to follow God. Yes, I want you to follow God, but I want you to follow him the wrong way. And you know, Jesus touched on this issue. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name have cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works. 
I mean, think about it. What is Jesus accusing these people of? Is he saying that they are worshiping the devil? No. No, they're worshiping God. They're just worshiping him the wrong way. Who's the instigator behind it? Who's the mastermind working behind this? We've done all these wonderful works. We're casting out demons. We're healing sick people. We're doing all... But who's the mastermind? Satan, the devil. I want you to worship God, but I want you to worship him the wrong way. All right, let's take a look at the first one. Matthew 4 and verse 1. Then was Jesus led up to the, in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards a hunger, hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now here, the temptation is physical appetite. Okay? Now, here the temptation is a religion that appeases the physical appetite. Okay? Let's set up a religion that just appeases the physical appetites. Now, if we could go back in history, we could go back to a time when there were temple prostitutes. The Bible speaks about this. You go to church, and there was a place over there, temple prostitutes, male and female, where you could go into a room and have sex with a temple prostitute. It was a part of the religion. Now, you might say, well, we don't have that today. And yet, we have ministers that have been caught with prostitutes. We have the, the Catholic Church and the molestation of little boys. And girls, you know, we have, have you heard recently in the Vatican police, the drunken gay orgy that was going on in one of the cardinal's apartments? Yeah, well, you probably didn't hear about it because our idiotic buffoonish media is obsessed on some, something about Russian collusions or something like that. You know, they, they don't, you know, the whole world could blow up and they'd still be talking about uh, Russia or whatever, collusions or whatever with that. Um, you know, someone could nuke half of America and they'd still be talking about that. They, you know, it's just, it's insanity. It's absolute insanity. Uh, but anyway, and listen, a no-law theology promotes this, this religion of physical appetite. I mean, why not turn these rocks into stone? Rocks, excuse me, rocks into bread? There's no law against it. A no-law theology promotes this physical appetite religion. There's emotional appetites, self-serving, you know, such as, again, speaking in tongues. Uh, nothing wrong with speaking in tongues if you know what the gift is for. It's for communicating the gospel. It's for communicating, period. All right, it's not for a show. No gift of the Spirit is self-serving, okay? So, there's uh, emotional appetite. There's ego appetite, you know, ego appetites. A lot, a lot of ministers on that you know, train, wagon, whatever, ego appetite. Uh, then you have the, like, the name it and claim it, prosperity teaching. All right, this physical appetite, physical, appeasing the physical appetite. Satan's tactics for approaching God the wrong way. Again, the choices have never been follow God, follow the devil. The choices have always been follow God the right way, follow God the wrong way. This is how he works. All right, second temptation. So we have the first one about physical. Satan sets out to develop a religion that's all about just appeasing the physical appetites. And you can have that in church. It's just about feeling good about yourself. Feeling good about my religion. Yeah, I love the Jesus. I love Jesus. I love the Lord. Isn't it great to know the Lord? You know, it's just appeasing physical 
religion, appeasing the physical appetites. All right, Matthew 4 and verse 5, the second one. Then the devil takes him up to the holy city and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple and says unto him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in, your ha in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time you shall dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, I believe with this temptation that I personally believe that Jesus had to submit to, since he was God in the flesh, he became flesh, in order to be tempted in all areas like we are, he had to submit to the same laws. He had to submit to the law of gravity. He had, if, he, if he cut himself, he would bleed. Okay? So if he jumped off this temple, this would not be good. This is downright silly. This is, this is, what the devil is offering here is rank stupidity. Jump off and hope God takes care of you. you know? No, that's not the way God works. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. All right, so what, what I call this second temptation that the devil sets up is tempting God with silly, stupid, meaningless religion. All right, how do I know this is true? Well, because I watch TV and watch religion on TV, you know. Uh, some of the faith healers knocking each other down, you know, all that stuff that goes on on TV. You see, the reason you don't see faith healers in hospitals is the same reason you don't see psychics winning the lottery. Why, if, if faith healing is true on TV, why are they not in hospitals cleaning the hospitals out? It's because it's a sham. It's a game. It's religion at its best. It's people fall for it. People believe this stuff. Yeah. Spirit of laughter. Spirit of laughter. You ever seen that? Watch. Look it on YouTube. Look it up. Spirit of life, laughter. Minister walking around. He looks at people and they just start dying laughing. I can tell you what spirit that is. It's two religious spirits. Both are deeply religious. And I can tell you what side that's coming from. It's not, it's the dark side. Trust me on that. It is the dark side. Uh, I think a lot of the tongues movement can be of the dark side, especially if you, if you don't understand what's being said. God is not the author of confusion. The gifts of tongues was given for the purpose of communicating the gospel. That's the reason for the gift. There's always a, me, a reason behind the gift. The gift of tongues was to go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples. It was to communicate the gospel. But what you see today in a lot of churches is not that. Again, you're in an English-speaking church, minister speaks English, no need for the gift of tongues. It's for the purpose of communicating. So, again, God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of silly, stupid, meaningless religion where you look like a buffoon and you act like a buffoon. That's not the reason for religion. Okay. Send me your seed donation, and I'll send you a popsicle stick shaped like a cross dipped in holy water. Yes, you see that too. <laughs> and it, it works. I'm telling you, it works. It's always worked. This is the tactic of Satan the devil. Present a religion that is downright silly, stupid, meaningless, and people will fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Yes, they will. They will, no matter how silly it is. They will fall for it. God is good, man is stupid. Okay. All right. The choices have never been 
follow God, follow the devil. The choices have always been follow God the right way, follow God the wrong way. Satan is the most deeply religious being you will ever meet. And he presents ways for people to follow him the wrong way. Third one, Matthew 4 and verse 8. Again, the devil takes him up to the exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, if all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus to him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now, the offer here was to Jesus. Satan, I think Satan, knowing what Jesus was up against, that he was going to give his life for the sins of mankind and how tough that would be, probably thought maybe Jesus would take him up on this offer. If you worship me, you can have all this. You know. But for us human beings, Satan does not say, worship me. The deal he offers us is, I want you to worship God. I just want you to worship him the wrong way. That's the deception, okay? That's the deception. So the third tactic is all these things I will give you, and this is basically what I call the prosperity doctrine. Name it and claim it. God just wants to bless you. All these things God will give you, your three-car garage, the BMW, extra house, extra boat, whatever. You know, God, just name it and claim it. If you worship God, you know, it's a prosperity doctrine. Does it work? Well, it fills churches full every Sunday morning, 10,000 strong. Believe me, the choices have never been follow God, follow the devil. The choices have always been follow God the right way or follow God the wrong way. That's always been the choices. Revelation 12 and verse 9, And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. Listen, Satan's satanic evil is rooted in religion. It's, it's deception. On the surface, it looks good. On the surface, it looks very good. This is how he works. Revelation 13 and verse 8. And all they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, speaking of Satan, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. At the end time, you got two groups of people. You got two religions. Two religions. And the question is, a question I'm dealing with, how at, the, at this time, how will they worship the devil? I mean, think about this. It says, all they that upon the earth, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, shall worship the devil. How do they worship the devil? Think about this. Do they all have Harry Potter books on their coffee table, tables? Have the Gideons, instead of putting a Bible in motels, they now put a devil worship book in all motels. Uh, do people wear, instead of wearing crosses, they wear some kind of symbol of the devil? Uh, is every home full, have a Ouija board where they're trying to get in contact with the devil? Is this what it's talking about when it says, all they who are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life shall worship the devil? No, that's not what it's talking about at all. No, the way they worship him is with their religion. And the deception is they think they're worshiping God with their religion. That's the deception. Isaiah 8 and verse 20. To the law and testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. It's going to be hard for you if you're listening to a preacher 
who's saying, look, the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, been done away with, it's been fulfilled. It's going to be hard for you to say that person is under a diabolical spirit. And the reason is because people are so nice. And that's the deception. They're so nice. Yeah, nice. Well, one more verse here. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let me tell you about the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. It is this. Jesus became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. That's the simplicity that is in Christ. It's the same message that was in the garden. Paul here goes all the way back to the garden. And he says, I don't want you, you know, to be deceived as Eve was deceived. I don't want that to happen to you. It's the same message that was in the garden. The issue has always been about whether man will obey God or not. Two ways to worship God. The choices have all never been follow God, follow the devil. The choices have always been about two religious ways to follow God. The right religious way to follow God versus the wrong religious way to follow God. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Before I go off the air here, I wanted to offer you, I know this message is a little bit disturbing to religious spirits. Therefore, I wanted to offer you a couple of free uh, CDs, one entitled Two Religious Spirits. You know, uh, with doing a program like this, 30 minutes is not really enough to explain this in detail. Uh, so if you order, this is a podcast that I did on the subject. It goes into it more in depth, uh, the concept of two religious spirits and some of the diversions that Satan uses. Also, I wanted to offer you Test the Spirits or Try the Spirits. It's, it's two free a podcast that you will get audio CDs and uh, try to speak. You know, the Bible tells us to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Now that is your responsibility. No one's going to come along and do that for you. And the way you do that is by asking questions, by asking your minister questions like, uh, what do you believe about the law of God? Should I keep it or not? Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, if you would enter into life, keep the commandments. Well, what do you say? And how, how can I be saved? And just listen to the answers that you get. And if you get the same old sing song that you've heard so many times, well, just, you know, there's nothing you must do. Just invite Jesus into your heart. Just raise your hand. Uh, grace plus nothing. The law has been nailed to the cross. has been abolished, been fulfilled. If you get that old sing song, worn out, tired uh, theology, you basically have identified where that spirit is coming from, and it's not of God. It's not of God. So try the spirits. Order these two free CDs, two religious spirits, and try the spirits, and uh, it will inform you, and it will keep you in the know of just how not to be deceived and how to identify deception uh, when you see it. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible?